doing the Boku store. It's really exciting. It's really fun.、Um, it's very, very challenging, but also you learn a lot about yourself, about the competition, and and you learn things that you apply. From doing the competition into your day-to-day working life as well. Boku Store, a very prestigious worldwide culinary contest, is holding its grand final in Lyon, in France, towards the end of January. It's a very exciting stadium event where chefs prepare elaborate dishes for judges, but in front of an enthusiastic live audience. There are 24 countries competing, and Australia is one of them. And Australia has a long history with the Boku Store.、Um, representatives have included George Kalambaras, Joseph Fajetto, Scott Pickett, Shannon Callum, Dan Arnold, and Michael Cole in 2019. We are really lucky today to have Chef Alex McIntosh,、uh, who is Australia's representative in the grand final. Alex is with us today. He is also the chef at Southwest Brewery in Torquay. Alex, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on your amazing podcast. Well, it is definitely the more amazing for having you on it,、uh, Alex. Tell us about the Boku's door. What, why are you going in it? What does it mean to you?、Uh, the Boku's door to me is just the pinnacle of competitions and cookery. I think、uh, I think of it in a way as if it almost sets the trends for the culinary world. And you see, you look back at some of the stuff that's been happening. In the comp- competition, and then you see it start filtering out into restaurants, and it's just really、um, at the forefront of the culinary world. And I've always looked up to all the chefs involved in the competition, and always strived to be involved any way I could, and、um, kept persisting. And, and now I'm lucky enough to be the candidate representing Australia in January. In the grand final, so exciting! So, tell us about the road to the Boku's door. What do you, what have you had to do to get this far? So, to get this far, there's the there's the national、uh, competition. So, there's it's open to anybody in Australia to enter.、Um, I believe the next one we're having is in April, and the applications are open. So, anybody in the country can enter. You need to compete. With the same kind of structure that you do in France, so that is, you need to make a platter and a plated dish, whatever the key ingredients are, in five and a half hours. And there's a team of two people to do that. So I competed against some other great chefs、um, last year and and came first place and you know won the right to represent Australia,、um, which was a, a huge honor. For me, but it wasn't my first time doing it either. I had a, I had a crack in two thousand and sixteen, and I competed against Dan Arnold, who won and who now is my coach for、um, for the team and for me going to the finals in in January. Yeah, I just love this community that builds up around competitions like the Boku's Door, and I mean, I think it's it's really. 
incredible, the support teams that just get around you and, and no one's doing it for money. They're just doing it because they believe in it as an important part of, um, you know, of the culinary world and about development of chefs. So is it, Alex, tell us about these these key ingredients because that's always, is that always a part of the Boku's door where you have like this showcase ingredient? Yes, yes, there is. Um, so as an example, um, for Asia Pacific, oh, sorry, for, for the national competition, we had to use Humpty Doo Baramundi. Um, and then for our fish dish and then for our meat platter, we had to use rump cap and oyster blade. So all the chefs had to compete and use that. For um, the next stage of the competition, there's qualifying. So there's qualifying all around the world. We were involved in the Asia Pacific um, leg of qualifying. And we had to use our key ingredient that we had to showcase was tofu, um, which was a very unique challenge for us, especially going up against lots of Asian countries. Um, and then for France in the finals, we've been giving given Scottish monkfish, scallops and mussels to create a platter with. And then for the plated dish, which they just announced a couple of weeks ago, it's got a couple elements to it. So they want to focus on children's nutrition and think like school lunches. Um, yeah, they call it feed the kids. So a real focus on, you know, what we're feeding our kids and, and how, how we do that. And then on top of that, we have to use pumpkins. So they've given a list of seven or eight pumpkins that were available for us to use. And we need to create a three course meal, a vegan cold entree, a hot vegetarian main using pumpkin and egg, and then a restaurant style dessert using pumpkin as well. So they've th thrown a real curveball by making us do three courses instead of one. Um, but that all adds to the fun and the challenge of it. Oh, this is really quite, this sounds pretty radical. Like not only to have that sort of theme, but then to have a vegetable as the hero ingredient. Wow. I mean, what's been the buzz around Boku's Doorland about this challenge? I think it's, um, well, last year they, they did a, the plated challenge was takeaway food, given that and how prevalent that became. And they did that three course meal there. And they've, they've kept it going this year. So I don't think anybody really expected that to happen. Um, so there's, there's a lot of excitement about that, I think, because traditionally it's always been, it always it started as two platters. So a meat platter and a fish platter, then it became a, a platter and a plated dish. And last year and this year it's become a platter, which is going to be fish and a plated dish, which is vegetarian. And, and to have three of them and, and to get desserts involved in the Boku store is something really new and I think exciting and gives, you know, teams an opportunity to showcase more than, than just one plate at a time. And what about this Scottish monkfish? Because obviously we don't have access to that here. So how do you, you know, go around conceiving a dish where you can't actually have access to the exact ingredient? That is extremely challenging you know there is some some difficulties 
not just for us, but for a lot of the teams who don't have access to those types of ingredients. Um, but as you mentioned before, we've got a really big um, team. Well, not a big team, but we've got a really good team of people that you know really care and love the Boku store, care about it a lot, and you know do everything they can to help. Um, and one of Dan Arnold's seafood suppliers in Brisbane was able to source us some monkfish. And one of my suppliers um, here in Melbourne, PFD, is currently sourcing some for me as well. So everybody's really come together to try and help um, give us the best chance we can to succeed. And I think that is, as you touched on before, very Australian. You know, everybody comes together on a, on a shoestring budget and, you know, go for gold and, and really punch above our weight. I remember um, Scott Pickett, who's um, part of the support team and a, a previous competitor in 2005, talking about his experience of, I think, basically like bringing as much stuff as he could in his hand luggage and just really like basically like almost catching the, the, the subway to the, you know, I don't know, catching, yeah, walking to the thing or hiring a bicycle or something super like shoestring and then talking about the German team that were coming in with these like massive Mercedes trucks, like basically shipping containers of equipment and um, ingredients just like loaded in. And I mean, I think it it speaks to the prestige of the competition, but also, you know, the difference between the resources that are thrown at it by different countries. Um it's amazing that you, you know, you'll be doing this in five and a half hours and, you know, to the layperson, that might sound like a long time to cook, but, but talk to us about the timeline and the training and the preparation that goes into pulling this all together. Yeah, it's um, very, very intense and, and complex because yes, five and a half hours does sound like a lot, but when you see the food and the level um, that the teams are doing it at, it, it really goes by so fast and so what we do is we find out the ingredient and we create our concepts and, and we start testing and developing and you know coming up with unique ideas and presentation to showcase not only the key ingredients um, which all the teams have to do but also showcasing um, Australia and in particularly where I am down here in Torquay at working at Southwest Brewery you know, that's a big part of what I want to showcase in the in France in the finals. And so incorporating these local ingredients to convey that story in the food is a big part of it for, for us. And so it's just working and testing those dishes, getting it to a point where we're happy with it. And then we start doing timed runs. And then we have to you know, practice and practice and practice. So every week on our days off, we're practicing cooking to make sure that we get these dishes to a point where it's second nature because every minute counts. And we'll have 20 timers and we'll have spreadsheets and everything's documented down to the minute of, you know, you've got five minutes to do this job. You've got three minutes to do this job and 15 to do that job. And so you can, Dan, the coach, will be on the pass, um, you know, can monitor our progress, let us know if we're behind or what we need to do and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, really detailed and intense and it's just lots of practicing. Wow. I like 
partly I'm terrified for you, but I, I also am so excited. It sounds really fun, um, but also like an out-of-body experience. <laughs> so. Yes, it is. It's really exciting. It's really fun. Um, it's very, very challenging, but also, you know, to you learn a lot about um, yourself, about the competition, and, and you learn things that you apply from doing the competition into your day-to-day working life as well. I mean, you look at all the chefs that you mentioned before that have been involved in this competition, and a lot of people listening to this would know who they are. And I think doing the Boku store had has taught everybody all those things, and they've become quite successful um, in their fields, um, not only because of that. Obviously, they all put in a lot of work, but I think that helped doing the competition helps give them that um, structure and drive that that's made them all successful as well. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, people might think, oh, he's cooking at a brewery. Like what's that got to do with this high level competition in France? But can you be sort of like, is there, is there anything specific that you've already been able to take back to your role um, at the brewery? Um, well, I think it's about, the, the detailed level of organization, I think, helps everybody and being forced to do that. But also for me personally, um, focusing in on having to to present a theme and a style and, and look at, you know, what my style is, which isn't something that I've really thought about much. I've just gone in and, and cooked food. But, you know, it makes you – it's made me – reflect on myself and and what I want to portray and what I want my style to be and and so in that respect it has you know affected my you know some of the stuff that we do at the brewery obviously the brewery is very different to the Boku store and um, they don't always correlate but some of the themes and some of the ideas still flow through um, because we like to focus on um, some local produce and and local flavors as well where we can. We should mention that you're not by yourself in the kitchen. You do have Dan Arnold on the pass, as you mentioned, but you also have a commie chef. Can you tell us about him? Yeah. So Tristan, he was part of the national selection and um, we found, I found myself without a commie. that was of, of the age to compete in France. So they have to be under 23 years old at the time of the competition. And Tristan was involved and wanted to continue to be involved. And he's uh, a really great um, young chef, works at Boulamond. He's been there for four years and, you know, really talented, really dedicated young chef. And I'm, excited to be able to work with him and and go to Lyon together as a team. Yeah, it's really fantastic. And um, I think it's worth reiterating that the competition is open for the next round. Um, Entries are open. And, I mean, it's all a little bit blokey, don't you reckon, Alex? Like, where are the the women coming through in um, in this Australian competition? It's a good question. I mean, when I competed in 2016 in the national selection, my commie was, um, her name was Chelsea. And, you know, we worked on it together. I think it's it's one of those things I don't, I don't really have the answer for that. I mean, it is open to everybody. And I, 
you know, encourage everybody to do it. Um, and it'd be great to get some more women involved in the competition. I think it's, it's great for everybody and challenges everybody. I'm pretty sure Michael Cole's commie was also. Yeah. A, Laura. Yeah. Laura. Yeah. So, and she did an amazing job. Yeah. It's maybe there's a bit of imposter syndrome, but women get in there. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you, uh, I mean, I'd love to learn more about what you're doing at Sowest Brewery, um, especially coming into summer. Um, I mean, it's actually crazy to think that in January you're going to be decamping to winter in France. But um, tell us, you must have very understanding and supportive employers. Yes, yes. No, they, they have been amazing um, in this whole journey and have been very supportive. Yes, being in Turkey in summer, it's the peak time of year. Um, you know, the, the coast just really explodes once the sun comes out, if it's ever going to come out. And um, it's, it is difficult, but we have a really, really good team here, really solid um, team in the kitchen, team in the floor. Um, my head chef, Viviana, she's an absolute gun, so she'll be able to uh, keep the team going in the kitchen flowing while I'm away in France doing this. Awesome. Great to hear. So tell us about the offering there. What do you guys uh, get up to? So we have, it's a, it's a massive venue. It's 400 seats. And uh, first and foremost, we're, we're a brewery. So our head brewer, Luke, he makes some amazing beers, really, and a good range of it. You know, it's nothing too over the top, some really, just really good quality craft preservative-free beers um, straight from, you know, the tank to the tap. Um, we don't distribute a lot to other places, so we like to keep it exclusive and, and something special for when people come down here. Um, as for the food, it's um, we have a little bit of something for everybody. We've got really nice, fresh, you know, salad bowls, poke bowls, hand-stretched pizzas, We've got, you know, you have, you can't be a brewery and not have a Parma, I think. And so we do a really nice beer brined Parma, hand crumbed, fresh, double smoked, free range ham, Napoli, mozzarella, all the good stuff. But, you know, we, we make it all fresh in house and we put a lot of love into it. So, you know, even those standard things that are at every brewery and bar, we just like to try and elevate it to that next level and, and, put that love and care into it. Um, so we have a lot of those classics. Like I said, the pizzas, the salad bowls. We also have a lot of fresh seafood, um, fresh sashimis, seafood platters with lobster and oysters and mussels and all that kind of stuff. So it really has a large variety, um, small snacking, sharing stuff, or if you want to come in for a, a sit-down meal, it's... Um, it's really good in my opinion, but I'm probably a bit biased on that one. <laughs> oh, it sounds like, you know, plenty to draw people, you know, yeah, just wanting a little snack or wanting a real feast or to celebrate something. It sounds really good. So, Alex, I, I, I sense you're not from around these parts. Tell, tell us um, about the journey that's, that's taken you to Australia and to the coast. So, I'm correct. I'm originally from Vancouver in Canada. Um I had uh, just finished working, just finished cooking school 
And, and I started working in this restaurant in Vancouver called The Pear Tree with a chef named Scott Yeager. And I was, he was actually, uh, I need to get my years right here. He was the representative for Boku's Door Canada in 2007, I believe. And I was in line to be his commie for the Boku's Door. Um, so it's always been something that I've been passionate about for a long time and, and interested in. Um, and I got this amazing offer to go work at a hotel in Banff, um, which looking back was a strange decision to make, but I took that offer and, and I left the, the Boku store opportunity and, and restaurant um, and went there and I, I met my now wife, Elise. She was over there on a working holiday tour and her visa was up and I wanted to travel and I thought, what better excuse to, to go to Australia, come here for a year, go to London for a year and, and go back to Vancouver. Um, and I've been here for 16 years and still haven't made it to London. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I'm, I'm glad that um, Australia was able to hook you in and hang on to you. I mean, does it, you, I suppose, yeah, you had that Boku's Door intro in Canada. What does it feel like to represent Australia? Oh, I, I could never have imagined it. It feels such an, it, it is such an honour. And, you know, Australia really is home now as well. Like I've been here for 16 years. We've got two young boys and, um, you know, it, it's such a great place to be and, and to be able to represent it is just a, a dream come true. Amazing. Well, um, I know that uh, everyone in Australia will be behind you. They're going to forget about cricket. They're going to forget about tennis for the summer. It's all going to be eyes on Leon. Um, yeah, Alex, stay in touch because we def definitely need to watch your progress and, um, yeah, celebrate just celebrate the experience. I think these competitions, you know, of course it's great to place or, you know, do get a great result, but um, it's just, just an incredible, uh, yeah, just what a journey. I'm just so excited for you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, all the best. Good luck with those spreadsheets and timers <laughs> <laughs> and that pumpkin. Um, yeah. Three courses of pumpkin. It doesn't sound like a school lunch that anybody anywhere in the world is um is enjoying right now but yeah kids get get that pumpkin into those kids <laughs> that's it we'll we'll make it look good and taste good I, yeah i'm sure you will thanks so much for your time today all right thank you for having me cheers this is dirty linen and i'm danny valent we air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about hearing from different people with unique perspectives we want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This.